right, we'll go ahead and start again. Welcome, everybody. My name is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com, and paratalk.org. We got a bunch of people in the chat. Welcome, John Wayne, Care PPG, Care PPG Jim Sennard, uh, Jennifer Shermick. We got Bill H. in the house, Travis G., Flying Flamingo, Mark McElroy from paralifeppg.com. Make sure you go check him out. Flying Flamingo, Jay, John Wayne, everyone is here. We're going to be getting some more people uh, popping in here in just a moment. So welcome, everybody. Um, as always, we usually say hello to everybody here on the panel, and then we go to our guest, which is uh, Colin Hubbard tonight. Let's go ahead and say hello to everybody in the uh, on the panel. Jim Sennard from... Canada, a eh? the only person I know that has maple syrup smelling money. How you doing, buddy? Doing really well, thank you very much. Awesome. It's cold up there in Canada. Have you got any more flights since the last time we talked? No, sir, I haven't. It's been really windy. The wind comes through and takes the snow away. Hopefully, hopefully, and it's it's, it's a high. It's really hot there now, right? It's up to thirty six degrees Fahrenheit. Exactly. It's that is the sweat. Oh, too much, too much. Well, I'm glad that you're here. You also have a print company and you help us take care of paramotor calendars and you print up everything that you want to, anything that anybody needs. And we can find you over at carepp.com or we can watch your shenanigans flying around and having a good time at carepg.com. So thank you, Jim, so much for being with us tonight. We also got ParamomUSA.com, our very own Linda Anderson. If you want to be on the show, you just get up with ParamomUSA.com. Forwards over to her Facebook page, and she will hook you up, and you can be on our show. Or I guess you can be on our show if you want to. How many people have you You got this whole month hooked up, next month hooked up? You got a lot of books for us. Yeah, next month is booked. It's booked, baby. I got it going. I tell you what. I'm... Super excited. Thank you so much for taking care of us. You're our PR, PR girl. And you also got a famous son that does a podcast on Thursday nights. Who's this That's guy? Right. That's Robert Michaels. He does paraglidingshop.com on Thursday night. It's an awesome. awesome place to be. We have a lot of fun on there. A lot of chatters, everything. And you never know what guest is going to show up. And um, it's good. We have a good time. Welcome, my chatters and viewers. Welcome tonight, Monday night. Welcome, Colin. So happy to have you here tonight. It's going to be a great show. Amazing. Thank you again, Linda Anderson. Like I said, if you want to be on our show, just get up with Linda. Go to ParamomUSA.com and uh, say, hey, what's up? We also got Flying Flamingo Jade in the house. What's up, girl? Hi, everyone. this week on Wednesdays, girls just want to fly. We've got Ella, uh, Priscilla Ant. I've been chatting with her throughout the week. Um, she is right now currently in a nursing job down in Houston, Texas. She's from Rome, Italy originally, and she's a speed flyer, a paraglider, a skydiver, um, a wingsuit flyer. And she's going to be awesome to talk to. She sounds like she's got a lot of energy also, and she's going to be good for our show this week. So hopefully you guys can join in at girls just want to fly at paramotor, um, paramotorgirl.com. Awesome. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., guys. Yep. 
And we also got Will Fly, willflyppg.com, our very own Will Fly. I think he's driving home right now. I don't know if his audio is good, but welcome to the show. I'm glad you could make it, bud. It's, it's good to be here. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. You caught me doing what I love most. I just I was up in the sky flying, and the time, I don't know what happened, but it just melted away. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say, you know what, if you're flying, don't worry about being on the panel that night. Just go fly and have fun. I mean, you know, I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about flying. You get to fly. We we would rather be flying, but here we are on, on the show. So uh, thank you very much for being on the show. If you guys have not gone over to his channel, go to willflyppg.com. Amazing videos. Have you done a video lately? Will? I think we're losing them. So, Will, thank you very much for being on the panel. Um, we appreciate you, buddy. We also got Jerry Fly. He's uh, hanging out with us tonight on the panel. How you doing, bud? He's on mute. Doing great. Doing great. How about you? Doing absolutely amazing. So, thank you for much, very much for joining us tonight. And. Uh, um, definitely ask Colin some questions if uh, if you want to. So that's our panel, but it's not about me. It's not about the panel. It's about our guest tonight, Colin Hubbard. Amazing pilot. has been flying since 2017. He has gone on some amazing adventures, and hopefully we'll be able to really pick his brain when it comes to long-distance XCs tonight. Uh, will uh, Colin Hubbard, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely, buddy. So uh, for those of you out there that do not know Colin, Colin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into paramotoring? Well, I'm just like everybody else. Tucker Gott personally invited me into the sport <laughs> with uh, his McDonald's video. Um, actually, uh, I was a sport pilot. Um, I've got an airplane sitting in my garage and I was in a car accident and destroyed it, my hips and couldn't press the rudder pedals anymore. And so just like anybody else who does this and gets the flying bug, when you're stuck on the ground, oh, I don't know if YouTube was helping or hurting me <laughs> psychologically, but, but when I saw Tucker got, I decided I was going to try that. And, uh, so I did that. Uh, I drove down to about three hours away to Paramotor City, and uh, my instructor was Kirk Moser. And that's a place that Eric Dufour taught like years and years ago. Um, and luckily, uh, I was able to do it without having too much pain in my hips. And so I. Uh, I got done uh, with my training in about a week and came back up to to Taos and started flying. And you know, the first one of the first things, uh, Kirk's wife is also a uh, Sue Moser, is also an instructor. And the first thing she said is, "Don't fly in the Rio Grande Gorge." <laughs> it it only took me a couple months um, before I got enough courage to even fly over it. Uh, and then eventually I worked my way down into it and have developed a safe way to do it uh, or as the safest possible way. Nothing is without risk. And I've really learned, you know, where the outs are in a place that looks 
absolutely horrible uh, for any kind of outs. And then... Um, in a movie, too. So the movie was uh, Real Grand Air, and you can watch it on IMDb. Matter of fact, we have the links down below. Uh, we got his YouTube, his Facebook, everything's down below, including the IMDb link, and you can watch the movie that he was in. It was absolutely amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that uh, movie and uh, that amazing adventure that you took? So uh, one of my first students uh, was friends with some paramotor pilots that are in Santa Fe, a little bit south of me. And uh, one of them is Jean Francois Chabad that everybody knows from his uh, 6,000 miles adventure. And he was the lead pilot um, for the Rio Grande paramotor adventure. And um, I just got kind of lucky in the fact that I had gotten a lot of experience flying this section of the river. And I got, I got invited to um, at least uh, fly with the guys um, from the start of it down to my section. And then I couldn't not just continue on. Uh, it, it was so much fun. All these guys are incredible people. And uh, the fact that they were, you know, doing some high-end filming and it was kind of like a, it felt like a reality show when, you know, you'd land and some guy would come up with all this camera gear and just be in your face. How was your flight? And, you know, it was exciting. Um, it really wore me out. You know, it, it's a lot harder than people think to try to fly 10 hours a day, which was, uh, I wouldn't say that was the average. The average might have been a little bit less. But when we had good weather, it was, you know, about five hours in the morning and five hours in the evening. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine this last weekend we flew for like three hours and we were so sore for flying for three hours, uh, two different treks and stuff were about an hour and a half each and we were just wore out. So, I mean, now you, this was about a two week project that you guys did and you flew, you know, uh, in the morning. I think that I even saw you flying midday, uh, flying in the evenings. You had a couple of bad weather times, but all in all, you know, you got to have a had a long, long trip. How much stamina do you need to be able to be in a paramotor for that long, that many hours every day? Well, you know, I've had a, you know, previous experience as a, as an athlete, uh, amateur. Um, so I was in really good shape for the majority of my life. And I think that's what enabled me to be able to to do this. You know, nobody was being forced. Anybody could, you know, sit out a leg if they wanted to. But for me, I kind of, I felt like I wanted that challenge. And so I flew every leg possible, which was, I guess, a little bit over a thousand miles of the 1600. You flew a thousand miles in two weeks. Yeah. That is incredible. Nick Griffith said 
Uh, stamina, you say? Try Flyagra. That that is absolutely incredible. Uh, Mark Emerson says, uh, do you pee from the paramotor? So how do you take potty breaks, I guess? Um, Stopping for fuel. I I didn't, I wasn't like Kyle Glee and going to put the catheter in or anything or try to try to do some aerial stuff. No, no. Uh, you know, every time we would drop down for fuel, I would definitely take a break, but you know, you get so excited and the adrenaline flowing, uh, sometimes you're peeing multiple times and it's just fake. It's just your body being, uh, adrenalized. Now, there's a couple of places on the film that you went over, and I forgot where it was. It was that no man's land. Uh, you flew over it, and there's no way they could get you out. What, what part of that was it that you flew over where there was no outs for miles? Uh, that was a section uh, after Big Bend uh, National Park. You know, there's an entire mountain range that, I mean, it, it's, I was so scared the whole time, uh, of all the, of all the pilots, I think I probably flew higher than in anybody else all the time, just for the fear that if, you know, something happened, I wanted a lot of time to make decisions. And then someone crashed in that section and had to, had to be rescued by border patrol. And that was that was after him being on the ground with no cell phone service on the side of a really rocky, horrible mountain um, where he made his way down the mountain. Uh, and then they have uh, the Border Patrol saw him and was like, what is this guy doing? And then they realized that he wasn't a border crosser <laughs> and uh, and gave him a ride back to us. And then um, we got some farmer whose son had a helicopter to retrieve his uh, his trike. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know that the Border Patrol was like, this, he was, this was the first guy that actually ran to him instead of away from the Border Patrol. Yeah. Which was, he also was out there stuck and stranded and he did a selfie saying i'm out here in the middle of nowhere and this is the new uh the new show naked and not afraid paramotor uh version <laughs> that was really funny too it was a really good movie it's about an hour and i put the link down below so after this uh podcast you guys gotta watch it it's really amazing so um any questions in the chat that i didn't see or any questions from the um from the panel here guys for colin Teresa's got a question. What kind of equipment do you use, Colin? So uh, on that trip, I was flying a Nitro 200, um, a direct drive, not with a clutch, and a uh, Mac Para Colorado 21 meter, which was really hard to <laughs> launch at 9,000 feet uh, where we started at the headwaters of the Rio Grande. And then what is your all-up weight? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a big guy. 
So I'm I'm about 170. I don't know what my all up weight is, but I'm 170. And you have a nitro 200. So and that will and does that hold the five gallons or did you have to um, have a bladder with you or how did that work as far as gas? I think it's a uh, 11.4 liters. And then I had a, a four liter or six liter dram bag that we converted to whole fuel. And then that was that was linked right up because the total wouldn't go over five gallons. So we could have it mainlined. And, and then when it would come time to put put fuel back in your gas tank, you just flip a valve and hold the thing up and help it drain out. I saw that um, you, you started getting into some rain and some bad weather and you popped up above the clouds and it was absolutely beautiful, no turbulence or anything, but it was raining below. Uh, Mark Emerson in the chat says, have you ever flown in the rain? Yes. Um, not heavy rain, just sprinkling and enough to make you start looking for an out to get down. I've also flown in the snow and that's actually really surreal. <laughs> awesome. Uh, looks like Travis, uh, Travis, uh, Travis D in the chat said, what kind of seat do you use? I guess what kind of harness? Okay. So it was the, the, the standard, um, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the harness that, uh, air conception uses, but, um, it's quite large with a big seaboard. So I had tons of room in it. So it was very, very comfortable. And I had room on my, on the sides of the seat and would put snacks in the seat. <laughs> you know, when you're up in the air for that long, it, it's like you want to take a, a food and something to drink for sure. Yeah, so we want to drink. How much? Uh, uh, I guess you took water with you. How much water did you take with you, knowing that it's very possible that you could land out in a place that was non-retrievable for possibly a day or two? So, did you actually bring water and food? And if so, I mean, how much water and food did you bring? Um, just a little bit, probably not enough. But, but knowing that we were, you know, supported by all these vehicles and we were constantly being tracked so that, you know, when you disappeared off the tracking, they would have a really good idea of approximately where you were. So, um, I, I, th I think if I was doing something unsupported, the route would have changed the amount of water and everything else that I would have taken would have increased for sure. Interesting. Um, any other questions in the uh, in the chat or on the panel? Yeah, can you hear me, Sean? Oh, hey, Will Fly. Yes. Hey. Yeah. So, what what other kind of any other special survival gear or you know like first aid kits or you know anything that maybe you would normally take with you on a on a regular flight? You know, at the time that I did this. I probably had not enough experience to know everything I should have taken. So I probably went up with a lot less than I should have. And 
knowing knowing that the other pilots having a chase crew i really recommend that some that people do supported cross countries uh especially of this magnitude before they tried to do something unsupported where you would need to carry all of that for your own self-rescue absolutely and for the people that don't know um where did you start and where did you end up so uh the closest i don't it's not really a city but the closest little town up in colorado is called creed and uh from there you would go back up in these uh valleys to the headwater um which was horrendous uh we launched from 9000 feet about i guess 15 to 20 miles uh northwest of creed and then uh started headed towards the first day was supposed to be headed go to the headwaters from the lz come back and then pass our lz and continue on to the creed airport um, but when uh, everybody started to head go up to the the very headwaters it was really turbulent that was the only time in the whole trip that i suffered collapses because you just couldn't get there without this section of where you were you were leeward to these big mountains and so i turned around <laughs> and uh the one other pilot that made it a little bit farther than me um he also he also turned around he made he made it pretty close to to the headwaters probably within visual side of it i didn't quite make it that far so you said that you had collapses are you um uh, before this happened, did you take like an SIV class or were you experienced enough to understand what to do when you do take a collapse or have you ever taken collapse in the past before this, uh, this flight? No, I hadn't taken an SIV, but you know, my majority of my experiences was flying in high altitude in Taos, New Mexico and dealing with a lot of these mountain desert thermal conditions so i had dealt with collapses quite a bit before i mean i say quite a bit but it only takes one time to really scare you and you're like whoa <laughs> that's an experience um the other thing you know i'm i was never a just gonna fly straight and level kind of guy so I had already been, you know, pushing it with wing overs and steeper maneuvers and had forced collapses doing that before. Um, but you know, the having the confidence in the wing and knowing that at that point in time, uh, I was on a, when I first started, I was on a charger and those things opened back up so fast from a collapse you know it's just enough time for you to look at it see it take a gasp and then realize you're safe again uh, the colorado was the same way um, 
the wing I fly now takes sometimes it, it it takes a little bit of help to get it to open back up, which is the a, a um, Mac Para Samurai. So sounds like you did your own SIV courses. <laughs> you <laughs> trained yourself, but I I really flew so many hours. Um, you know, before I did this, that I had probably experienced a more variety of condition than a lot of people. Interesting. Uh, anybody in the uh, in the chat have any more questions? Anybody in uh, on the panel can check to see if there's yep. any. Luis is asking, um, was it a camp and fly or motels or airports or where did you stay? So for me, I started off uh, sleeping in the back of a little five by eight trailer. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a driver uh, driving my vehicle with the trailer. Uh, so um, that's certainly not a cushy place to be uh sleeping and very and it was it was cold it was cold up there in the mountains still but at some point uh i left my vehicle back at the in i left mine in 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 taos and uh hopped aboard someone's nice giant class a <laughs> and uh Slept in good comfort for the whole rest of the trip. That's good. It looks like we also had another uh, question from Mark Emerson. What is your quick pre-flight check? Uh, since you fly hard, what do you look for? Everything. Really, really everything. And uh, probably the most important thing is before I leave an LZ, um, I really check out the the condition of the motor. I, I test it. You know, I try to make it quit. Um, I try to, you know, make sure that, you know, I test doing maneuvers, checking out my wing. Um, certainly, before you take off, you should believe everything you've got 100%. And I mean everything every line, um, every part of the risers, um, every bit of your frame, playing around with the motor. I've been very, very fortunate um, in the, the amount of the uh, motor outs that I've had seems quite low compared to what I hear some other people have had, you know, with some of the troubles with their motors. So, um, I did have one out um, while I was flying over the interstate between Santa Fe and Albuquerque and ended up landing out on the far side. Um, and what had happened was the, the little C-clip that holds the, the pin and the throttle cable had come out. So my motor was running, but I had no throttle. So I just landed and all these farms and stuff out here, I've, I landed in a cow field. 
I say field, rocks, and dirt. Um, managed to find a piece of baling wire, fixed it with the baling wire, and took off again. Uh, the whole crew had had thought that you know that I was down and going to be picked up by a vehicle. Um, but no, I got back up in the air and did the whole that whole leg by myself, which was kind of cool navigating, you know, it's, it's easy to do a cross country when you've got that lead pilot out in front of you all the time, you keep your eye on him and, and, and that's, that's how I did a lot of it was following Jean Francois. But in this section, I, I got to navigate on my own. And that was really cool. So you fixed your throttle with bale wire that you found in a cow field. I guess the question is, what tools did you bring so you could do such a thing? So I did have the vehicle arrive to pick me up and they had a tool. Oh, okay. Um, That's awesome. I, I think I would have been able to, would have been able to fix it um, just with, you know, this, these small little pliers, you know, the multi-tool that I had, uh, but it, it kind of helped to have a hard, uh, needle nose pliers to make it a little bit, uh, safer. So it didn't get messed up again. So one of our Wisconsin boys is asking, what are your thoughts right before you launch in a less than ideal launching area? What do you say to yourself to get into the zone? You know, I see a lot of people and, you know, they, you know, taking off from a short field is a, a big high pressure situation and you cannot let that get in your head at all. It's better that you walk it. Um, you have enough experience to know what you need as far as length, um, you know, in those conditions. And so, uh, luckily I trained myself for short field takeoffs and, um, part of, part of cross country is being in the air and picking not a good place just to land but a good place to take off and that's what'll make you better on a cross country is to you know don't be so anxious to land do flybys on the area you think you're gonna drop down on but yeah i don't let it get in my head you know and if if it seems like my mind is getting wound about a takeoff uh I go smell the flowers. I, I'd go do something that you cannot let that uh, affect you. You get some object attraction and before you know it, you're running into someone's car or into a tree. Um, fortunately, never done that. <laughs> yeah, don't want to run into a tree. Bill H wants to know if you're going to be able to fly him because he wants to meet you. So are you planning on being on, uh, at any fly-ins this year? Uh, usually uh, the closest one to me is endless foot drag. So I always try to go to that. 
I'd love to just be able to take off and go to the fly-ins everywhere, uh, bad apples, and go back east. I'm from Georgia originally, so, um, you know, I, I, I like it out here. No mosquitoes, no humidity, um, and a lot of good flying days. But definitely I'll be at Endless Foot Drag this year. That sounds awesome. Uh, Tony Marzano in the chat wants to know, do you carry any duct tape with you? Absolutely. Duct tape always. Not a lot. You know, um, I usually take about a roll that's got half of it off and smash it so that it's tight in a side bag, along with the multi-tool. Um, couple other things that you need to just, if you needed to change a spark plug or do some other minor things with your uh, carburetor, tiny screwdrivers, but you know, that can add up and wait if you have a big tool pack. Yeah, so it sounds like you don't carry a lot of tools that will weigh you down. Uh, do you carry a reserve? If you do, how many and what kind is it? Usually just one. Um, I mean, if, if you're doing, you know, all day flying and you're really concerned about it, I think that it's good to have two reserves. I never, I didn't have two reserves on this trip. Um, but you know, it's going to add a decision in the midst of that because you know, it's in certain circumstances, if you were really falling out of the air and you have that wing flapping around, you know, which one are you going to go for first? Which one's going to be clear enough for you to get? Uh, I personally think, um, I, you know, I, I like to have a steerable on my lap and I like to fly the wing that's already open. <laughs> that's yeah. the safest. All right now with the steerable or, um, or is it round? No, it was uh, one of the Regalo type. I mainly got that because uh, up here, if I, you know, had to throw it and I was going flying over the gorge, you know, which is, 800 feet deep, I think, or something. Uh, I'd want to be able to steer myself up onto the, the top and not be forced to just go wherever the wind took me down into it. So I'm a, I'm a proponent for steerable reserves. And then to have the small round on the side, which would be, you know, a real, you know, things are effed up back up. Absolutely. Yeah. I got myself one of those, uh, uh, beamers that are steerable only because, you know, where I, where I live and where I fly nine times out of 10, there's a, you know, you got the Arkansas river, you got mountains, trees, power lines, all sorts of obstacles that I would like to avoid. And, um, since our, you know, in, in our sport, the number one, uh, way that we die is drowning. You know, I want to be able to steer away from, 
you know, the, the rivers and lakes and stuff that we have over here. Um, and, and definitely do wear a personal flotation device also when I fly in that area. Um, obviously out where, where, where you were flying the, the Rio, um, and being around all that water, did you have some sort of personal flotation device or have some sort of flotation on your paramotor? No, at that time I didn't, you know, it's, it was kind of a, one of those instances where when I figured out I was going to do this trip, um, I immediately ordered the, uh, Mac para Colorado because I would not be able to keep up with the group on a charger. And I would, I just barely got the wing in time to do the, the trip and I didn't end up buying any additional equipment. You know, I, I'm only, really over water such a small percentage of time in my normal flying so i didn't have one and i highly recommend it you know so i'm not a not a proponent of uh you know skimping on safety equipment it just ended up turning out that way so you had your original wing and just for the uh just for this trip so you have a total of two wings right yeah, at that time, actually, I had three wings. I also had an eighteen meter GTR. Um, that's not that's not really, I don't think, a cross country wing for me at that weight. Interesting. All right, uh, panel. Any questions from the panel? Yes, Jim. Yeah, I was wondering what size charger you had. It was a twenty five. Okay. Do you find that the the other one is much faster? Um, well, I think right now uh, the charger, the twenty five meter charger for me, and when I first started out, I was between one fifty five and one sixty, and then I've gained ten pounds. But when I was flying that charger, it, it was very floaty and I had a hard time penetrating some of the winds up in northern New Mexico. So um, I really wanted to get a, a smaller wing and the 21 meter Colorado was a pretty big bump in speed. So I, I, I think it was the right choice. It was difficult launching at 9,000 feet. Um, but by the time I got down to lower elevations, it, it was perfect. If I was going to pick a beginner wing for myself now, I think I would have started out maybe on a 23 meter charger. And especially now with the charger two and the trim range that it has. Did you fly with the speed bar by any chance? You know, it kind of messes with my hips. Okay. So that was, that was part of the reason that I didn't get a 23 meter Colorado, um, and went down to the 21 was just to have enough speed without having to have the speed bar. Gotcha. So something with a long trim range that could help you penetrate the wind if you need to. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. And 
putting yourself a little heavy on it. Interesting. All right. Uh, any questions in the chat or on the panel for uh, Colin? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind, um, Colin. You, you were talking about field selection. Um, could you expound on that just a little bit? Like, what are the things specifically you're looking for when you're trying to pick a field to land in? So, you know, the scariest thing for cross countries to me is in a place that you've never been, especially if it's, you know, bordering more rural areas, it's power lines. So, you know, I wouldn't do low passes. I would do high passes specifically looking for the power lines and then come down still, you know, more like treetops, but higher than possible power lines. Again, I don't have really good eyes. So, you know, a little extra time for caution on my part is a, a really smart thing. So I get down a little closer where I can see, and then I do a third pass where I'm really looking at what what's happening with the wind and um and in the process of doing those circles you know i'm i'm gauging uh my speeds and really lining it up so that the wind is doing the best thing it can for me and then you know prior to this uh training yourself to know what your run out is in a variety of conditions. You know, I see a lot of people try to plop it down in the middle of the field and they end up next to the trees. And right before they, they get there, the wind gets crazy because they're obviously heading into the leeward of the trees. So, you know, training yourself to, you know, drop in, in the, the first 20% of the area that you think you're going to land in uh, will make you a better um, cross country spot lander. Awesome. During your, your trip, your two week trip along this 1600 mile trek, uh, did you guys end up with any injuries or mishaps from the other paramotor pilots or yourself? So day one, we were, the whole group was flying in the canyon in between, uh, you know, our original LZ and Creed. And it, it was phenomenally beautiful, very distracting, you know, how beautiful it is. So everyone's cruising along. Uh, my partner had uh, taken a, a hard hard time getting up in the air, you know, 9,000 feet's a tough launch. My, my first attempt to launch, the wind was squirrely. I failed in inflation. And then I had a good inflation, but we didn't have the right wind. And I literally ran 75 yards and then just dropped the wing because I was going to run into a fence. So once we, 
everybody got up and we started heading out, we didn't have cell phone service. So we were all on radios. And my flying buddy, you know, we went around a bend following the river and we got cell phone service. And I don't know if his radio was spotty or whatever, but he, he went to check his phone and he did it with his, his throttle hand. I'm not sure if he rested his throttle and then grabbed the phone. Um, but right when he did that, he looked, he was flying low, looked up power lines. And the only thing he could do in a split instance was to pull on the brake that he did have to try to do a, a turn, but with no throttle, he dropped altitude and ran into the embankment and shattered his pelvis and broke his femur amongst other things. And, uh, yeah, it was very sobering that that happened. Fortunately, um, you know, one, one of my instructors, Sue Moser was a retired nurse and she was flying that leg. She immediately landed, uh, one of my students, um, who's a firefighter and a paramedic, um, and was being in support on the trip. He got there. They kind of got him stabilized and uh, and then got a uh, an ambulance out of Creed to come get him. But that was a wake-up call for sure. And I think for the rest of the trip, I think every, every pilot was just keeping their mind, you know, on the task at hand. Uh, from there on out, I think we all were just getting beat up a little bit just by the conditions. Sometimes we're landing in these really rough, bumpy ground. So the opportunity to just do this nice, perfect foot drag landing, you know, was more like running into speed bumps. So um, fortunately, I, I didn't have any bad snafus on landings. Um, had some, there were a few, few guys had some, uh, messed up inflations and face plant, but mostly just, you know, injured that ego a little bit. <laughs> and the gentleman who, um, later passed Big Ben Park, uh, Boris, the one who landed out in the mountains, um, because he had a crack and lost, uh, had a crack in his, uh, his exhaust and lost power. And then just gradually went down into it. It, I don't think his motor completely died until impact, but he managed to land the first time sort of in a, a dry Creek bread. And then at that point, He's like, well, he tried to take off again and he got, he managed to get back up, but he just could not get the altitude that he needed to clear these mountains and ended up crashing again. And fortunately he didn't get injured in that whole process. Um, 
And then the only other injury happened to Jean-Francois. Um, towards the end of the trip, we were in this section where we kind of didn't have any place to land except a road. And coming down, there was enough trees to make the wind a little bit squirrely. And it, he kind of uh, lost some altitude in the last 10 feet. And when he landed, his frame smacked into his ankle and fractured it. But other than that, that's uh, mainly bruises. You know, bruises from your your swing arms hitting you, you know, just getting all black and blue. And, um, you know, I, I had hit my frame with my feet once or twice. So, I mean, I had little cuts and bruises on the back of my heel. The air conception has a kind of a pointy thing on the front of the base of the frame, uh, in front of the, the gas tank and you know hitting that thing it was sharp <laughs> it kind of made me hobble for probably two days on on taking off but that was it i think i think we got very very fortunate yeah with that many pilots and that many miles Absolutely. Um, I know that uh, at the very last part of the movie, was it John, uh, John's uh, Francois, he landed kind of crooked. Did he break his foot or just was it um, just sprained? No, it fractured. Oh, my goodness. If it was just uh, if it was just a sprain, um, he's a tough guy. I mean, that guy did the, the wind kite surfing thing. You know, I mean, I've seen pictures of him, you know, up in the air on the end of a single or two liner string, you know, 40 feet up in the air over water. Um, he's a badass. And um, he would he would have kept going if he could. But the his, his frame, you know, smacked his ankle hard enough to fracture it. And it was just swelling up like crazy. And. There was no way he could walk on it. I remember somebody um, having a, a slight mishap and uh, chipped their prop or something and tried to fix it. I don't remember them saying anything about they did fix it. Do you remember um, what happened as far as the uh, the, the broken prop? Um, no, I I don't. That's a, that escapes me. But, you know, the good thing about having chase crews with tons of gear and other pilots is that, you know, if you have a problem, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people to help you find a solution and super glue and baking soda is amazing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Baking soda and, um, and super glue is absolutely amazing. I fixed many, uh, many props like that. Um, but of course, after I fix them and I use them for a little bit, I got to send them off 
to paramotorfans.com and have Rick Simmons actually fix it and balance it for me. Um, but it seems like you, you had a really nice trip. I was wondering, uh, anybody else in the panel have any questions for, for Colin or was there any other questions that I missed in the chat? Jerry Fly, any questions for Colin? All right. Well, it sounds like you had a really good trip and, and you had a, a, an amazing adventure. I mean, 1,600 miles over the course of uh, two weeks. Uh, the adventure must have been incredible. Before this, uh, what was your longest, uh, most incredible flight before this, this, this amazing thing that you did? Wow. You know, I had never really done any long distance flights. Um, I think the most I'd ever been up in the air uh, time-wise was two hours. Uh, I always thought that it was it was kind of neat that I'm pretty close to the Colorado border and to be able to fly interstate, you know, <laughs> to just go up an hour, fly an hour and fly back and have been, having been to another state is kind of cool. Um, you know, the next really long one that I'd like to do the same way um, would be the Arkansas River um, that starts out in near Buena Vista, Colorado in the mountains, sort of hooks down, goes through Pueblo, Colorado, and then heads towards the Mississippi. And then it kind of gets flat and river country, not so much mountains anymore. But I just thought that that would be a really cool one, um, even if it was something that was a little less supported, because the it looks like you'd be able to hit gas uh, gas stations along the whole way. Well, anywhere through Arkansas, let me know, um, and uh, I'll meet you anywhere. I'll uh, I'll get gas for you for a refill, and I'll go fly with you too. I, I live in Arkansas, so. Um, I fly around the Arkansas River a lot. A lot of really nice places around me in central Arkansas and Conway uh, in that area. So, um, it, speaking about that, how many states have you actually flown in? It seems like you've flown in a lot of states. Let's see. California, Arizona. I haven't flown in Utah yet, which, you know, that's an amazing destination. Um, Colorado, Texas, New Mexico. Um, technically, Mexico <laughs> on that trip. There was a lot of us. We were not supposed to be doing international flights, but more than once, I think we crossed over onto the Mexican side. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, let's see. Kansas, Oklahoma. I really want to venture back to my home area, which is Georgia, and fly different places along the whole way. Even if it wasn't some monster cross country or state to state, just to stop off and visit people like in Arkansas or see what Jerry's up to in Georgia out there. Oh, and I'd love to have you, man. Yeah, I need to come back to Georgia for sure. Definitely.
So there's some questions um, people are asking, do you have any videos? Are you on social media that we can find you? Yes. So you can find uh, my school has a channel. Originally, uh, the channel was called Experimental Test Pilot, um, mainly because I saw that as a uh, an outlook of how you should look at life, because life is experimental. It is a test and you need to approach it like a pilot. And uh, then I changed it um, to the name of my school, which is Rio Grande Paramotor. And just so everybody knows, all the links are down below in the comment section, or not in the comments, but down below in the description. Um, guys, all of his uh, um, stuff, including the, um, the, what is it, the, movie Rio Grand Air that he was in um, that came out in 2021. That description, that link is down there and you can watch the movie for free on IMDb. I'm sorry, Colin, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I think I was done. Okay. But yeah, uh, you can find me on YouTube with Rio Grand Paramotor. I mean, I credit that adventure with inspiring me to open up a school that's uh, more dedicated to helping people learn to cross country. So hopefully in the future, I'm going to have uh, an 80 acre uh, flying park up in the San Luis Valley, which is closer to the headwaters um, and help teach people how to do mountain flying and do these very specific cross country and, uh, and even replicate um, the New Mexico part of the trip from Colorado down to the Elephant Butte Lake. That's awesome. Um, so we're almost at eight o'clock. Um, how long do we have you for? As long as you want. Okay, that's awesome. Do me a favor and uh, let everybody know about your school, uh, where it's located, um, the 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 URL.com, the um, so the website, maybe phone numbers, anything that you want to give out and give us more information. And then after that, we're going to go to the after show, um, where everybody that's out there can jump on here with us on Zoom and just have a great uh, a great time talking about paramotors. So right now. Uh, since I don't have a facility, I've been teaching out of airports, um, which is a little tough in the desert. They're not exactly those nice grassy infields like you get uh, back east for sure. Uh, and I've got Rio Grande Paramotor Facebook page. You can get all my contact information on there and then the Rio Grande uh, Paramotor YouTube channel. Awesome. That's about it. That was good. Well, I appreciate you so much for joining us. Um, don't go anywhere. We're going to do the after show right now. We're going to continue to stream this live. And uh, for all of you that are listening to us on paratalk.org or your favorite podcasting app, we're going to continue to do this. It's going to be a little bit less formal. We're going to allow some people to join us if they want to uh, that are listening to us that are participating in the super chat and there it is it's in the super chat join us here on zoom the meeting id a passcode is there um you're gonna go wait in a room until i allow you to jump on and um 
let's just jump on and talk about paramotors. Anything on the on the panel that you'd like to talk about to Colin before we let everybody jump on? Colin, I do have a question. So you said you were on a Nitro 200 when you did that trip, right? Yes. Okay, and one, did you, like, what size gas tank did you use? So I believe you, the stock tank's 11.4 liters. Do you know about roughly how many miles you got out of that? Like, you know, I guess you would say, and like, before you had to refuel? So we did one leg where um, everyone was just going to go till they ran out of fuel. And we were going to see whose setup worked the best. Um, and I believe I was second longest on that. And um, the only other person that went farther than me also went off track and had to had to get picked up by a vehicle. Um, but I, I landed in in the perfect spot, and I had. Uh, and I didn't fill up all the way. I, I had a full gas tank and then um, only filled up the the six liter drum bag halfway. And it was more about, I think, not overweighting yourself in the beginning of the trip because your first ascension after launch is going to be some of your biggest fuel burn so um so i made it about i think you know generally we were trying to get i i think at most like 90 miles and that's that's kind of difficult to get did you go for miles or did you go for time the engine was on with the fuel because I know that it's different with, you know, headwind, tailwind, stuff like that. So were you just going for the most amount of uh, time the the prop spun or actual miles when you're doing this uh, test run? Miles. Miles, okay. It was kind of like a, just a race to see who would land farthest down our track. That's pretty cool. And since you guys were launching at, what, seven and 8,000 feet above sea level, when you took off and you were trying to get altitude, were you, were you going full throttle or were you trying to ease up to a particular altitude to save fuel? So when we did that run, we were in lower altitude. We were down in middle Texas. So we were probably launching and landing under a thousand foot uh, from sea level. And, you know, it didn't, pay too much attention to trying to baby the throttle. It was just trying to get get up to a good uh, altitude for level flight. And then knowing that, um, I would kind of let myself maybe drift a little bit in a descent. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I think about how the uh, the airliners do it. You know, and they will go up to a particular altitude peak, and then they're in a descent pattern for that airport across five states. <laughs> so that's kind of like the method that I, 
I tried to do was to get close to my max altitude and then just gradually let myself lose altitude over time. And I would say probably from three to 4,000 feet AGL down to, you know, maybe 2,000. And, you know, then I would let bring myself back up and I would try to do it paying attention to the wind because, you know, the direction that we were going was not directly into the wind. The majority of that was a slight crosswind. So when I would try to re-elevate, uh, I would let myself go off track a little bit and make that ascension as fast as possible not like do that slowly just get back up in one little sort of circle and then get back on my line now you said that you went in a circle i know that the apps like pvgps and uh, fly sky high have the ability to show you which way the wind is blowing and at what speed if you take yourself in a big circle you know it'll let you'll it'll be able to calculate um your wind direction now i think that's only if you have cell phone signal i don't know um, but do you use any type of apps if you do what kind of apps do you use i usually use use the ground track it, it feels like it's the most accurate way to me um, because in the circumstance forecasts aren't necessarily always right and between the different you know gradients that you're encountering um you know it sometimes it's just not as accurate as the conditions that you are monitoring right there so so is it an app or do you have like a, a dedicated um instrument that shows your ground tracking speed my eyeballs oh okay doing the circle looking at the ground the cool. same way you do it in an airplane Gotcha. All right. Good deal. Uh, Will Fly posted um, uh, a question from Tony. If you want to go ahead and ask that, Will. And don't forget that you're on uh, mute. Yeah, sure. Um, Tony Marzano wants to know what your glide ratio was or is. I guess depending on which wing, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a tough question, I think. Because a lot of times, you know, you've got the variable of the wind, um, how thin the air is, depending on what altitude, you know, you're launching at or flying at. And, um, you know, not, not to sound simplistic, but, you know, we, we fly and we don't want to overcomplicate everything in, in your brain sometimes. So the simplest way to get the the data that you need while you're in the flight is you know usually the what i choose to do um and so i mean i i think a lot of these wings are are made in such a way that they're uh, the technology they all have really good glide and it's going to depend on how heavy you're loading them yeah, it sounds like a, um, a question that's kind of difficult because your glide 
ratio would probably be different at um, at uh, sea level rather than you know trying to glide at eight thousand uh, feet MSL. I mean, one of the strange things too is, you know, glide ratio can assist in your fuel efficiency, but it's so crazy that you know the higher in altitude you go, and then the less fuel you need in the mix but because the air is thinner it also means that you need more rotations of that prop to give you the push and as crazy as it sounds from salton sea below sea level to where i'm at seven thousand, the burn uh, the fuel burn was comparable Did you, Colin? Yeah. Did you have to did you have to tweak your carb at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. At definitely. any point. Like how many times did you have to do it? Like like different elevation changes, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, well, the cool thing is is you know, as you're going down on your cross country and getting lower and lower and lower, you're just making just the little bit of the adjustment you know, on the ground to help it make it run a little bit better. You know, it, it it's easier, believe it or not, to do this type of thing from a higher altitude going to a lower altitude. Um, when you're doing, if you were doing the reverse of that, you know, where you want to be leaning it out as you, you know, fly higher and higher in altitude, you're running more of the risk of, you know, running it too lean and overheating the engine, but it wasn't really that it's, it's not really that hard as long as you're paying attention to your operating temperatures. So you don't overdo it, but they were very minor changes. These paramotors are so awesome with regard to the range from what would be their low altitude to their high altitude window. It's, I would venture to say it's 10,000 feet. So if you're taking off at 8,000 feet and what is your altitude um, AGL um, for a total of what's the highest that you wear MSL? So when I launched from my LZ here, it's uh, 7,091 feet. When I get up to 17,000 feet, I, it's like I hit a ceiling. It will not go higher, but you get 10,000 feet out of it. You know, obviously per performance for me, you know, starts to really drop off in the last 1500 to 2000 feet is where you really notice, Hey man, I'm losing power. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't venture that a lot of a lot of people need to be playing around with their mix specifically for the altitude on any one flight which you set it at the ground well for the most part you know get you good performance for as high as you want to go and unless you're down there at sea level and you're trying to go up to the limit and like, I guess, uh, 
I saw one of the videos uh, Chucky did where he went to seventeen five, but I don't I don't remember what his uh, starting his LZ's altitude was. You know, I was just thinking too that um, having a paramotor with EFI on it would probably be really good if you're going to be going through this this type of um, two week trek. You know, going from a thousand feet up to you know um, you know a thousand feet what MSL right um, uh, when you when you launched. Uh, originally, and then you ended up at uh, almost 8,000 MSL uh, or, or at MSL, you know, 8,000 um, feet you were launching at MSL going up to what, 2,000 feet or something like that, or three or four? I mean, that type of elevation difference would probably be really cool having a, a EFI um, electronic fuel in, uh, in injector for your paramotor. Um, the only, well, yeah, if you could get EFI on a two stroke. But the moment you, you know, put a, a four stroke on there, you're also going to deal with more weight. So yeah, I think if, if you were, you know, flying a trike and didn't have that so much to worry about, um, you know, then that, that EFI would be the only way to go, but I'm anxious to see and hopefully in the future test fly the EFI system on a two stroke. Yeah. I know that they had them out and they were, um, I remember watching the aviator show back in the day when they were doing their weekly podcast and they were talking about the EFI that they're putting on their machines and it worked amazing. So, um, I don't have one. And I saw one of your guys that you were flying with on in the movie had a trike. Was he flying just a regular two stroke with a carb or did, did yeah. he, was it okay? Yeah, it was a light trike, so it was pretty much a, I, I'm pretty sure it was a, like foot launch size motor. And, you know, that's the one that the uh, exhaust cracked on. And then, you know, he didn't have, he couldn't get out of the mountains there. So I, I bet in that moment, he wishes he would have had more of like the heavy trike motors rather than just a, uh, wheeled foot launch unit. Absolutely. Anybody on the panel have any other questions? I don't want to be um, holding you guys back. Um, I know that Will Fly posted here in our person in our Zoom chat. Um, oh, there, there, Will Fly is. Will Fly, do you want to go ahead and ask that question that Tony um, posted in the chat? Yeah, Tony, we just wanted to know if you uh, have done any thermals. You turned the motor off and done any thermaling. You know where I'm at. It gets a little crazy. So, <laughs> I, I, as 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 much as um, that looks really cool to me, I would still want to do uh, an SIV because now you're you know you'd be flying more like a paraglider. You've eliminated this uh, the the constant of the thrust. And so you're paragliding overweight. So um, me personally, I want, I would rather do an SIV before I really got too deep into that. Um, even with just, if I was going to paraglide out here, I don't know. It's, um, there's only one mountain that I've ever seen anybody really paragliding off of. And it was one video and never saw, and, and 
wasn't real successful with it because the amount of the small thermals everywhere. So it's not like you're getting these really tight cones that you can use for lift. You're getting tossed around really hard until you find that, that right one. And that's, that requires more, um, experience than I have at this point. Interesting. Um, so you motor only, right? You don't do any, um, paragliding. No, I don't, haven't done any, any paragliding. I do like to go way up high and kill the motor. I love, I love the silence, but I'm still, I'm still usually doing that in the calmer, lower thermal times of the day. Absolutely. Um, any other questions out there or anybody on the panel want to ask any questions or did I miss any in the uh, super chat? No, I think you got it all. I can, I can say this though. I, that's something I've never done is cut the motor off at altitude. I'm going to do it as soon as I get electric start. Cause I don't have, I don't have the shoulder strength sometimes to pull the cord, but yeah, I bet that's awesome. You know what you could do, Will, is uh, over your LZ, go, um, you know, get yourself up to 5,000 feet and turn it off. That way you can land in your LZ. You don't have to restart. That's true. Yeah, that's literally how I trained to do it was go up three, 4,000 feet and be within range of where I would have a landing with the exception of the fact that I'm way high above it and just do S turns all the way down so that you're in striking distance of your LZ the whole time. Hmm. Um, Tony Marzano said, have you ever thought about getting an EFI unit? I, yeah, I think we just talked about it. You do want to get an EFI unit eventually, right? Or, or at least fly one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, they, the fly-ins present a, a great opportunity to um, meet people and try out new wings, new motors, new equipment. And that's, I think I, think I wanted to maybe try it before I buy it. Um, it looks like somebody said that my um, meeting ID or passcode was not correct. So what I'll go ahead and do is copy the link itself. So all you have to do is hit the link and it will automatically open up the uh, correct meeting ID and passcode. So I'm going to put the link that you can just click one click link and meeting ID. Group uh, screenshot. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're you ready? Because he's the awesomest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'm. Now. I think I'm lagging, so you'll have to give me a second for my thumb to come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which side here? Oh, okay. One, One, two, and three. Didn't do it, did it? Oh wait. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh. There, did it. All right, good deal. Thank you, Will. All right. Have yep. fun. 
So um, how many people have actually gone up to a particular altitude, cut their motor off, and then just glided down? And if you did, how high did you go and cut off your motor? Super chat. Any, uh, let us know in the super chat or jump on. Looks like Mark uh, Emerson's going to be jumping on here in a minute, and um, maybe we can chat with him for a minute. So awesome. So anybody who's gone up to a particular altitude, cut off your motor and just glided? I love to do that. Um, Will said you didn't. Uh, Jerry, have you? Yeah, I have. I, I Honestly, I like doing it in the evenings, like when we catch an evening flight watching sunset. I love getting up high as possible and just looking at the sunset. Like, I mean, a lot of people get so mixed up in – like, uh, I guess you could say watching YouTube videos, wanting to flip, wanting to do acro, wanting to do all that craziness and not actually just enjoy the flight, enjoy the view. Because, I mean, we all know that view is amazing. And that's why I love doing this. So, like, yeah, it's not the acro. It's nothing like that. It's the view, climbing up high, looking around at my surroundings, listening to the air. And plus, it's great practice, especially in emergency. So, yeah, definitely. And the quiet, the quiet seems to bond you with it in a way. Absolutely. We see you, Mark, but you're on mute. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Am I unmuted? Is this working? Not enough, bud. Hey, what's up, guys? This is awesome. Good talk tonight. Awesome. Uh, if you turn your phone sideways, we get to see you better. I don't know if you want that. That might not be... I'm not happy what you're going for. <laughs> hey, can we hang out here? Nice do, Mark. Yeah, let's do one more screenshot. Oh, no. One more, one more screenshot. You're on the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Got it. Good deal. I forgot to take my glasses off, Will. That's all right. Beautiful with your Me too, Me too Linda. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I know. I hate that. <laughs> Actually, Nick is joining us too. So cool. maybe we need to do another screenshot. I don't know. I know. Let's bring them all on. Cause I got to have, you know, material here to put out there on Facebook when I promote this show, you know, grandpa. Absolutely. You know how I roll. You know what I do. Definitely appreciate you. I please appreciate everyone out there, everyone that joins us every Monday night, listens to us, everybody out there that's listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, even Amazon Music. You can listen. You know, Audible, you know, you can go to Audible and, and search for us. So just for, search for PPG Grandpa's Pyramid Podcast, and you'll be able to listen to us for hours upon hours upon hours. This is season three. Season three, episode 114. So we have so many hours on Fair Motors. It's ridiculous. What's up, Nick? Yay. What's up, Nick? The Nickster in the house with the little one. <laughs> Nick and the little one. Yeah. And the little one. I don't think that you're on. No, you're, you're, um, your microphone's not working. It's not popping up that your microphone is on. There he goes. He's now he's connecting. All right. So we might be able to listen to him in a second. And who knows? Maybe we need another screenshot. We got PPG Lear, John, and we got uh, somebody that's called iPhone Guest. I don't know who you are. Um, I'm gonna let you in. 
But if you're not somebody that, if, if you're a, a spam bot or something, I'm going to have to remove you. So I'm going to let you in real quick. I hope you're a real person. iPhone person. <laughs> right? I so. missed it. It's going to be like, surprise! Got your finger on the button. Oh, it's John Wayne. Oh, we'll let him in. John Wayne. You're, you're yeah. you John Wayne. Cowboy. Cowboy in the house. Will, you got to do another uh, screenshot, another another thumbnail for us. All right. Okay. And, oh. Come on. PPG Lear, we can't see you, buddy, so make sure you turn your, your, your pretty face on. Your wife is here, so pop yourself. I thought he was looking pretty good tonight. You're looking great. All we see is PPG lear.com which you don't know ppg lear l-e-a-r.com does a tuesday night <laughs> every tuesday night at 7 p.m so make sure you go to ppg lear. hey i know that dude he's pretty cool. i seen that eric's been flying up here in wisconsin he's been way more active than i have good for you man winter flag is where it's at but okay i just came on here so we so wisconsin can dominate the show <laughs> <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Awesome. Ready for a, for a thumbnail? This is going to be a great thumbnail. Thank you guys for jumping on. One more, one more for a, a thumbnail. I love uh, it. One. Got to get two, my spare motor behind me. Three. All right. Good deal. Thank you so much, bud. All right. Who's all planning on being at the Bad Apples flying this year? I, I see one hand. Sean, can I get an eye? Colin, can we get when is it? Is it out May? of here? When is it? May 12th through the 15th. Uh, oh, I'm gonna be at Torch Torch Port. I, I, it's hard to say Torchport at the end of Eric, May. Eric, are we going down there? Yeah. I'll swing by and pick you up, Mark. Um, uh, yeah, I would. I would swing. Yeah, I'd have to stop by your place on the way down. I I get an invite every year from people, and shoot, like it sucks missing it. Like that seems like a good spot to go flying. It's uh, awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so what is the gas prices now? What is the terrain like down there? It's pretty hilly, Georgia uh, area, you're right? Launching on a fairway is what it's like, like a golf course, a beautiful golf course. It's where I train from. It's wide open. It's just farmland. You get above the tree line. And it's just flat outs everywhere. There's a rock quarry we fly to. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a great scenery. But I mean, it's it, the LZ is like you ever seen the movie Field of Dreams, uh, the baseball oh, yeah. movie with Kevin Costner. Well, to me, this is the field of dreams for paramotoring. It's 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 amazing, LZ. The launch. Wait, room. I think that there's already that's already quoted. Somebody's got that field of dreams oh, really? in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Minus the corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year they had peanuts. Yeah, it was peanuts growing last year, I believe. That's the Where in uh, Georgia the, is it exactly? It's in Andersonville. It's uh, like, I guess you could say, calling in between Macon and Columbus, Georgia. It's out in the country. Yeah, for me, it's it's 16 hours from here, but that's like one day of driving. So it's a possibility. I don't know. Definitely, definitely. You don't want to miss it. It's it's going to be a good one for sure. Yeah, I, that's, that's the only one I know for sure that I will do this year. Um, I loved Bad Apples last year, and I will definitely mm -hmm. – 
Definitely, definitely. I'll also be at the Endless Foot Drag as well. What Sorry, drag? my dog's trying to get in the house. Uh, I de- I'll I will be at the Endless Foot Drag this year, also helping Sean Hayden uh, put it on, and all the other guys, Damon and everybody. So, yeah, I feel like the one in Georgia gets a lot of the people from Florida up there. So that's all the Florida crew is are fun to fly with. So, oh yeah, yeah, Shane, uh, Crazy Carl, George, all of them guys. You know, you got Aviator and then Travis and Kyle Mooney. You know, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so far it sounds like everybody's going to be there that I just named, and then then some. So it's it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be a good time. Um, I I might try to go there. What what when is that offhand? Do you know that when uh, Endless Foot Drag is? Oh, Endless Foot Drag. That one will be in September, I believe. I don't know the exact dates, but it should be in, in September. Okay, September is my anniversary, and we're finally going to be able to go on our cruise that we had to cancel, mm-hmm. or. or not be able to go on because of COVID and stuff. So this year we might be able to do it. And I think that's September. So uh. did they move endless foot drag from earlier in the year to later in the year? I thought it used to be like May, June-ish. Yeah, that would, that would be a question I'd have to ask uh, Sean. Um, I'm not really sure. Last year was my first year. I'm good buddies with Sean and went up there and helped him a little bit. And yeah, they've been trying to figure out this year, and uh, they confirmed that they are putting it on still. So, I yeah, twenty eighteen, it was in the that. spring, and then yeah, twenty nineteen, they switched Eric put it to together the fall. that really nice list of all the different fly-ins. So it's good. So people are you know booking them on the same weekends. If you go to flyindirectory.com, it does have the flyin.com oh, um, actually hosts it and keeps it up to date. Uh, if there's any of them that are not on there, just get up with um, PPG Zone and uh, they'll put it on there. So just go to flyindirectory.com and it brings up all of them. Not only that, but remember, PPG Zone is the Facebook for paramotor people. Um, it, it's And it also has an interactive map, uh, um, pilot map. So you can see in your area all the people that are on PPG zone that are pilots and you can get up with them. So now you have more people to go fly with. Yeah, endless yeah. Foot drag, September 19th through the 25th. Nice. Jerry, question, Walter from Australia. G'day, how are you? Jerry, yeah, uh, yeah good, thanks. Um, just wondering, have you got an older brother by the name of Will? I think he lives in North Carolina. <laughs> 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 uh, sounds like you guys, uh, you know, are brothers or something. <laughs> no, no unfortunately, all my brothers don't fly. <laughs> they all think I'm crazy for doing what I do. So, <laughs> hey, I got a question for all the people out. For all the people, how many people do have uh, family members that fly that you've convinced to go flying? None. Zero. Zero. Nobody? My little Zero. sister's a commercial pilot. I, I, I got a family member brother. that flies. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That's right. Husband I, flyers. I have a family member that flies, Robert Michaels. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're related. Linda. Linda, you got to go fly, and I'm saying who who flies together with their siblings. Oh, 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 oh! Well, 
It would take a weekend, Linda. You could be doing it. Robert could oh, take you tandem. That would be something. I'd make the, I'm sure I'd make the news. <laughs> I can my, my wing whenever she comes by, so we'll see how it works out. Well, I found um, John Wayne. Um, did somebody make that for you? Is that you back there behind you? Oh, that. Yeah, my, one of my grandkids. That's their flying around. <laughs> that's the geriatric TPG guy. That's what they call him. Geriatric TPG. Yep, you're the geriatric. Cool. <laughs> Jerry's kids. <laughs> We're all your kids. <laughs> I'm not all night to give you money. <laughs> hey, Colin, um, I definitely appreciate you jumping on and uh, being our guest and hanging out with us. Um, uh, how, you still have time to hang out with us or you need to go? I, I don't want to keep you on here if you, if you got to go or anything. Oh, no, I'm good. <clears throat> I, you know, it's, 7 30 out here and not much going on <laughs> just it degrade real fast after hours as as long as we keep our clothes on i think we're okay to something else like just Have Go you guys ahead. been out to Salton Sea? I have not yet, but I would love to. Anybody else going to be out to Salton Sea? Or have been? No, every single year, uh, my buddy Steve, the Blackhawk crew, they all go out there, and it looks like, you know, they might get one out of eight days or six days, whatever they're there for, of non-flying. But it's incredible. That Southern California weather, they just get beautiful amazing weather to fly around that spot so oh wait a minute, wait a minute are you saying that um um you don't get a lot of flying days at salton sea is that what you just said no just the opposite i think they get they get a lot of flying days okay okay that's what i was thinking yeah. good flying days out there yeah it's incredible it's crazy when i mean i can look at the forecast there's not a time throughout the entire year where there's four days in a row to fly and it seems like every year they go out there and it's just beautiful the whole time and because of that water, you you know, some of those days you're flying all day. Yeah. Which for inland is, is incredible, you know. It's like beach flying. Now, I was going to say that it seems like the wind comes off of the water. Is that correct? Yes. For sure. It's kind of like in a huge valley. There's some mountains on the on the far side from where everybody uh, is camping out and you know so usually the wind is coming at you off of the water where they're having the fly in so it's it's really nice i couldn't believe it when we were in um, glamis a couple of years ago how close we were to salton sea uh, looking at the map afterwards i wish we would have driven over there or flown over there but we sure were close by yeah that's the trifecta which is Salton Sea, Glamis, and then Arizona Flying Circus. Yeah, yeah. I still have a bucket list. Yeah. Anybody gone to Flying Circus? Yeah. 
What do you think about the it? The Flying Circus is crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I heard it was awesome, but haven't been there yet. Um, I know that they throw money out of an airplane, and that's about all I really know about it, other than it's crazy. Yeah, yeah I would give the one, flying circus. Would it be? What's that? Uh, they, they have a gun range. They were you know, just shooting everything from machine guns, a 50 cal. I mean, <laughs> it's insane. Um, and it's beautiful scenery to do a cross country. I actually went there and uh, cross country to a, a mountain that still had snow on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then ran out of fuel on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Had somebody come pick me up in a four wheeler. Actually, they just brought me fuel. Um, but everywhere around there for miles, it seems like it's a giant gun range. So like where I landed out with fuel, there's like five people shooting guns. And I'm like, I hope this is cool when I'm landing here. <laughs> hey, if you yeah, only you had to pick one, which one would you pick? If you could only pick one of the three, I like salt and sea just because the amount of time you get to fly. Wow. Um, like, like all day type of things. Is that what you're saying? Like from sun up to sundown or what? Uh, on the right days. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not one of those ones where you know you're only going to get a two hour window in the morning and a couple hour window in the in the evening. You know, yeah, even from... um, endless foot drag. We had days of rain and horrible weather. <laughs> yeah, from so... what Salt Sea looks like, you can go out and get into those washes and those beautiful, like just those pastel sky, like gorgeous desert areas i'm from the midwest so anytime get to fly in that area but it looks like a lot of different regions that you can fly long cross countries and then short exploration flights around there it's kind of awesome and for you guys when you're going take a slightly north route and you'll come through taos you'll get you to go. see the rio grande the giant gorge that's here and uh you know it gets kind of crazy because we have the gorge is five miles from the lz and on the other direction is uh, a thirteen thousand foot mountain so you get this incredible variety of flying so i'm officially inviting you all nice. anytime that sounds good. I, I want to be able to fly in more states that I've flown in so far. I, I need to. I need to build up my my um, my states and uh, fly more states for sure, and more countries eventually. Well, there's one place. Uh, if you launch from Clayton, New Mexico, and you can fly in this northeast direction, you go immediately into Texas. And then to the Colorado, and then uh, Oklahoma, and and Kansas in one ninety mile flight. Wow, that is awesome! Five states. 
Yeah. I'll film it because I'm, I'm planning on it. Um, it looks like somebody said in our chat here, can someone ask if others in the chat like Tony and Angela are going to Bad Apples? Um, yeah, real quick, um, who's all going to Bad Apples? I know I'm going to Bad Apples. Anybody else in the uh, chat Bad Apples? Uh, let us know if you're going to be going. I wish I could. Same. I got to roll you guys. Good night. All right, have a good one, Mark. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Good night, Mark. All right, good night. have a good one. See you guys soon. Awesome. And we're dropping out like flies. Think about dropping out like flies. Um, if you love the show, uh, give us, give us a thumbs up. We definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I'll make sure I hit it. So anything else that we want to chat about? I mean, I know that we can st sit here and talk for hours upon hours, and I know that other people have things that they need to do, um, loved ones to go hug on and squeeze and pets to pet and walk and wind down and have that glass of wine to chill out. Um, if you need, oh, look at Jerry Fly's uh, big puppy dog nose. Yeah. I see your big puppy dog. Yeah, if you're at Bad Apples, you'll see him running around playing. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, Colin, uh, just asking your background. Do you like cars, do you? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? And motorcycles. Uh, my dad was uh, into uh, all kinds of cars when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time on drag strips and uh, circle tracks, dirt tracks. And, you know, my dad was out there uh, messing around in Hollywood. He knew John Wayne, Steve McQueen. Um, God, who's the guy that made the Cobra? Um, I don't know, but remember, we got John Wayne in the house right now. John Wayne! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Carol. Carol. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, that ugly John Wayne that was on TV. <laughs> Not this handsome yeah. one, you know. Not the handsome one that's on our panel? I know. Exactly. Yes. Names there, uh, Colin. Carol Shelby is what you meant. I yes, mean. Carol Shelby. Wow. Yeah. Um, interesting man. Uh, I, I only saw the movie a little while ago, uh, Ferrari and Ford, and uh, yeah, the stuff they done in there for the GD40 back in the day. I I, um, I drag race too, and I had a Boss 302, so um, yeah, great engine. Windsor with the Cleveland heads. Ford. Yeah, I like them. I like them in the 185 to 200 cc now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to jump off. All right. I've got a. I've, I got some puppies to feed. I'll have to show you real quick. I know my video is lagging, so you'll have to give it a second for her to show up. 
Yeah, we definitely need to see puppy. I guess now it's time to to, to find your animals. Uh, let let's show the let's show our animals on on here. We're gonna be leaving here in about five minutes or so. So grab your animals, show your animals, and if it's your kids, hey, kids are. <laughs> All I can show is my koala bears. That's it. That's it. So I got. Get on you, Linda. Hi, Zika. Yeah, all I can show is my koalas. That's it. This this Look is your puppy. Look at the puppy. This is bring your uh your bring your puppies to podcast day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, but they're never far away. They're always right next to you. This is yeah. Lois Lane. Lois Lane? Yes. Lois Clark Kent's on the floor <laughs> over here. He weighs way too much to lift up. <laughs> I got a beagle that's like over 50 pounds. He's hard to pick up. Was it everybody, buddy? I'll give him a shot, though. Oh, no. You knocked over the microphone. <laughs> What is that? Are these all your? I'm surprised he's not like snorting. <laughs> so cute! Oh my god! Look at all the puppies. All our puppies and I'm I, I, like yeah. I'm in doggy land. <laughs> Walter, do they have puppies in Australia? They're upside. <laughs> Mine's too big to. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that just sounds really funny. They have wallabies there. Remember, yeah, I got. Australia yeah. oh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna hop off here. It's good chatting with all y'all. I'll definitely be in on more of these. I enjoyed it. Wait, where are you going, Jerk? You're leaving us already. In the morning, four thirty. So, gotta get up. <laughs> oh yeah, you need your beauty sleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well y'all take dude, care thanks. See, thank you. see all y'all soon bye buddy bye bye well i want to thank you guys for having me i had a great thank time you. i had a blast and thank you so much for telling us about that and like i said all of his information all of colin's information is down below um his youtube facebook uh the um the Rio Grande Air movie that's on on IMDb. You can watch it for free, which is really cool. It's about an hour long. Definitely suggest that you watch it. It's absolutely amazing. The, the visuals are incredible. The story is amazing, and it's just really awesome. And Colin, thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us for, for almost two hours on uh, the podcast show here. And uh, you're more than welcome to jump on any time and be part of the panel if you just have nothing to do on Monday nights. Exactly. Not a good flying night. Jump on and hang with us. Yeah. I'll, Thank I know, you so I, much. I'll find uh, you, Colin. I know where to find you now. So there you go. <laughs> I've got one. Hey, it's Monday. Come on. Thank you, Colin. Have a good night. Thank I've got day. one question for Colin quick. Okay. I've got one question for Colin. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Hey, are you going to be starting uh, some type of podcast or something? Um, you know, I went to school for media and I'm, I'm a little distracted. You know, I, I seem like I just want to sometimes be more of a doer than filming it 
or talking about it, you know? So, but I am hoping to uh, do something and it, it might end up being political. Okay. But I'll definitely jump back on your panel and I had a great time and we'll, we'll see you in a coming week. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you. Be safe, Colin. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. What a wonderful podcast. Colin is such an amazing guy. And like I said, all of his links are down below. So make sure you say hi to him on Facebook and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Um, Hopefully we'll have some really cool stuff coming up. Um, Super fun. Always have a good time. Yeah. That's what I like about just hang out, talk to paramotors, and um, just just enjoy yourselves. I really like that uh, your your logo, John Wayne. That really is cool. Yeah, one of my great. I know. I'm impressed. Can he can he like make me one? <laughs> I can I just can. hold the card. I can just hang it on like you know on the wall somewhere behind me, and just we got to teach uh, you how to do a background, a virtual okay. background. My, since uh, you know, I have that uh, antique computer which i love i have to talk to it because use your cell phone and log into zoom and that way it's an up-to-date one oh no i like this better sounds good yeah so what's up with you john wayne oh nothing much still working on this raggedy house waiting on stuff it's hard to get construction materials Oh, I oh, bet. I bet. You said you've been able to go out and fly. Oh, I've been fine. Yeah, I didn't fly today. It was real windy, but yesterday was great. I I flew about four hours yesterday. That's cool. Dang, is that even legal? You go, cowboy. <laughs> Gee, four hours in one day. <laughs> Every time I see you, your your beer keeps getting bigger, cowboy. Yeah, I take a shot. <laughs> he goes i threw my razor away it's gone forget about it there you go so jerry's s oh lord just when you thought it was safe yeah just when you thought it was safe uh, oh my god it's woody in the house woody you're late Late. His, his name is Jerry's 21 plus, so I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I know. He'll have to explain that. What, what kind of Zoom uh, meetings do you normally go to, bud? <clears throat> I think he's still trying to log in. Are we on the after show? It's still streaming, but um, it's it's the after show. We're probably going to chat for another 10 minutes or so and, and kill the stream and yeah. go to Hang out with our significant others and our pet. <laughs> yeah, you we better just, talk quick, Woody. Make it quick, because you know. We, we just found out that our fifth wheel should be finished tomorrow. Oh, good. So we'll be able to go down to Indiana and pick that stupid thing up. Good. That's good news. Yeah, sure is. It's good, well, it's good news, but when you buy a brand new fifth wheel, and it spends half of its life back at the manufacturer. Yep. You're you're almost better off to buy the older ones anymore, you know? That if is I true. Think, I think they were 
I really, I mean, I've been there, done that, you know, my years on the rodeo trail. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> bought all kinds of different <laughs> things. I'm, and I'm, they all, and that thing with these, the fifth yeah, wheels yeah. or the, uh, the, the, the buses, I call them or whatever, they're all uh, maintenance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, it's just, gosh, I love I loved our toy hauler, but uh, I mean, at the you know back in the day, the toy hauler was great. But then all of a sudden, things started breaking. I think Jim was waving his hand. Were you waving at somebody or wanting to say something? Yeah, Jim? I was just gonna say goodbye. Oh, you goodbye. gotta well, out of here in about five minutes or so. So um, we appreciate you jumping on and uh, thank hey, you. Jim. Um, you guys have a great evening. Anybody have any things that you want printed up? Make sure you get up with him at carepp.com and watch his crazy shenanigans at carepppg.com. And thank you, buddy, for helping us out with all those um, paramotor uh, calendars. We're going to be doing some more paramotor calendars this year. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll get you that information where you have your coolest paramotor pictures, and then we make a calendar and we start giving away um, to people, which is always fun. Have a good night. Have a good one. And now we're down to seven, eight people. The hardcore people. Yeah. The hardcore people. <laughs> oh, flying four hours. I mean, you flew four hours yesterday. I flew about three hours or so yesterday. I'm wore out from flying for three hours. It's amazing how quickly you get wore out by pulling the lines and having your arms up like this. And um, it was just a couple of touches and goes, and, and that was just two two flights. Uh, it will wear you out. Um, does it wear you guys out, uh, Jade and Eric, as far as like when you're doing your trike? Do you stow your brakes and just, you know, fly and enjoy your time? Or do you have your arms up and do stuff? And are you wore out after a two-hour flight? I don't know. We, I, I, I will... I will just store my uh, stow my brakes, probably thirty feet off the ground, and just continue to climb. But I'm doing it for safety reasons, like so my fingers don't fall off. And I don't wear gloves, <laughs> and she don't wear gloves. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, you know, but we have a little bit of weight shift, not a lot. So you you know, but I do my trimmer, so I fly a straight, you know. Um, flight but then i'll just lean you know and fly around a little bit like that if it gets a little wonky then you know i'll have my brakes in my hand but sounds good but you don't get sore or anything when you land after a couple hour flight of a trike you don't you're not sore you can stand up and walk around your your legs don't wear out and uh uh um lose blood <laughs> no that's the good thing about trikes is you can you can really relax i yeah. mean it, it's like sitting in your lounge chair but you know like i've said to a few people you know flying the foot launch is like flying a lotus flying the uh trike that jade and i fly that's kind of like flying a um like a continental and then flying that Zenith trike with that wing and me being so underweight is like flying a slug. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, that thing is just, it, it is, it's, it's, it's getting some used to, but yeah, I mean, now seeing the differences and things, man, being, uh, being at the 90% on a wing is where it's at. So. Yeah. You, if, if you're flying that by yourself, you're underloaded. Um, that cyclone should fly like a Luna too. And oh, the dual, which is the other BGD should fly like a magic. It's more of an A-wing for two people. Yeah, no, I mean, if I had a refrigerator I could stick in the front seat, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, they got those little... Um, all, deep all you need is a dog like this big right here. Exactly. That's all you need. Yeah, so I got... Um, once we get done with... So our instructor that's doing it said, you know, take the trike, go up, take some flights, and then come back now down and we're going to now do the weight shift for the, my front um, carabiners and set a passenger in there. And then you have to take your crash test dummy and uh, fly with her. And <laughs> once I do that, then I'll go back down and we'll do our 12 flights uh, with our instructor and then the rest of our training and then we'll be done. Wow. And then you'll be able to give me then what? Then you'll be able to give me a ride. You got it. You got wheels. You your feet. You you're you're set. It's like those people that wear cowboy hats that I want to take up into the sky. Oh, and, <laughs> and she keeps she keeps trying to um, totally avoid the question and answer. <laughs> and Linda, uh, uh, yes, Lake is yes, the weekend. Honey, yes. The Torch Lake is the weekend right after Bad Apples. Okay. So you can go to Bad Apples and then you can go to your thing. Yep. I'm 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 excited. I mean, it's like I think it's like maybe like 45 minutes to an hour away from me. But oh, you saw the picture because you know yep. my son and his girlfriend. We were, we had to Traverse City do our stuff or whatever. We take a little road trip once a month. The Travis City because it's a it's a few hours you know out there or whatever but um yeah I I said we gotta stop at the airport and take a picture so that's what we did and um yeah we're the three of us um so far so good we're gonna head out there on uh, on Saturday so I don't yeah know that definitely is a beautiful area for anybody that can make it up there to fly it's just it is just unbelievable you know it is really nice. I mean, I there wait. again, there's not a lot of outs. We're so far north that, you know, there's trees. So you have to pick your route carefully, you know, and that's going to be the same thing here in Wisconsin. Um, you have to pick your route carefully. But once you're up, you can kind of see where you're going to go. But it's just the the beauty is unreal. Well, I'll be wearing my cowboy hat so y'all can find me. I think I would be able to recognize Because I think I'm going to stand out like, you know, like, oh, there gotta, she is. That's Lindy with the be, cowboy hat. You're going to be the one in a harness being put into the front of the tribe. Yeah, you're going to be flying. We'll be able to see a, a flying Linda. And my, well, my son's girlfriend, she said that she was going to, you know, she would take like videos and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Actually, meet everybody in person, especially my peeps right here. We're gonna hook a GoPro up to you, a 360, so we'll be able to see everything. And when you're like, ah, 
we'll be able to see that and everything. I know. I you know, know, that's that's the oh, one thing with that wing and that trike. It is so much smoother than like what we fly. As I said, it's kind of like flying a slug. Everything is so slow motion. The liftoff is slow motion, but it's there. You know, there's so much power. I, I still don't know what full throttle feels like. Oh, my. And, and, and what kind of motor did you say they have? That's the Cosmos 300. Oh, the 300. So, I mean, the power is there. I just haven't had to use it. But, yeah. I mean, just the landings are smooth. The takeoffs are smooth. The flight is just, you don't feel the turbulence like you do in a smaller unit. Mm -hmm. And that's what is just so different. What size wing is it? That's the 38 Cyclone. 38. Wow. So the it has like a 995 pound max on it. <laughs> so it's, it definitely has some capacity there. And that's the small wing. I want one. <laughs> but... No, it's uh, it is pretty different. I'll say, I still like foot launch because yeah. that you can zip around three times the size of the ultralight regulation. It's crazy, ain't it? <laughs> but there's an ultralight regulation for the size of well, a weight for the maximum weight of the uh, of the ultralight vehicle. He can haul three times. Gotcha. Oh yeah. But I mean, that means you can bring, I mean, two big guys could easily fly around on this thing. So, but it's weird because I mean, the they have a 38 and I think it's a 42 and both of them, their max is the same. It's just the lower end number, number raises up. So it's, it's just kind of crazy on how they do their numbering or their, their ratings on that. Interesting. Probably got something to do with the lines, I would imagine. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Eric. Yeah, yeah that thing is uh, that thing is very nice. You know, and I, I did have a, a lot of people when, when we... Did we lose them or did I lose internet connection? No, you're still here. Oh, okay. We're jumping through hoops. Travis said that... I'm going to buy the parts and I will have them shipped up to you. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not a warranty thing. And I questioned it and he goes, no, I'll just buy the parts. Well, we were talking close to, I would say close to a thousand dollars in parts. And I told him, no, don't, I don't, I know what it's like. You don't want to lose money. And I told him we will fix it. And all I did is where there were scratches on the frame, I have, you know, with the vinyl, you know, company that we have, we went and I matched up all the vinyl to the colors. You can't even tell that there was scratches there. Um, and it looks like they're protective um, covers that'll protect the frame from maybe a cable or something. So, I mean, we were able to fix it up and I'm perfectly good with it. I'm happy with it text him about some other uh, small things that I had questions on and he answers them right away. So, you know, I mean, it's a, a one for one up adventures, you know, that 
sold the trike or the yeah the trike. So I was very happy with them. Good. But the quality of that um, of those units, the um, what is that fly? Yeah, uh, fly product. Yep. No, who makes that? Drawing a blank. Anyways, the uh, those units are very well built. Fly product. Yeah. Fly product. Huh? Fly products, right? Fly yeah. cruiser or? Uh, yep. Yeah. And that BG New England yeah. is beautiful. What color is it? I was told it was called Tropical. And um, I didn't know anything. We pulled out, the first time we pulled out the wing is after we got the trike and we were at the airport because I didn't pull it out before that. Um, so, but it, it is, it's a pretty wing. It's, that part of it is, is nice. We're very happy with it. What, what better cost, Eric? The wing. Yes. What was the cost on the wing? I think we're losing internet connection. I think so. I think it's close to forty-five hundred or so. Who is it? Wow. Oh, I think uh, we're watching Flying Flamingo take off with it is that what we're looking at jade yeah yeah that was uh that was him that was the first flight i think yeah pretty freaking awesome they need to put pictures they need to put the colors on the bottom of the wings i don't care if the helicopter pilots see me i want to see it from down below <laughs> you've got a point but that's only another what 1500 <laughs> What was that, Nick? Get inverted. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, all you got to do is a couple of barrel rolls. We'll all be able to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, at least you didn't buy a wing to tell them that you didn't care what color it was when you got it. It was passion pink. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I got. <laughs> oh, at least you can see it better, you know, when you're up there. You know, I, I think that having reflective... Um, you know, something reflective on the top is probably good. That way, if, if there is an airplane or something, they can see our wing a lot better, you know? Yeah. Great colors. And he's like ready for Easter. And leashes and stuff. Yeah. You know, anything reflective on my wing, I would greatly appreciate. Right. Oh, David. I would like to find out what they are using for those. Um, who is that company that's making, what is that, Wild Wings or making the logos? Um, I don't know. Wicked. Yeah, Wicked, Wicked Wings. Wicked, Wicked Wings. Wicked logos. Logo. Um, right. I would like to know the material that they're using on that. Tony Marzano asked, uh, what was the max weight of your wing again? I think it's like 990 pounds. I'd have to do the math again. But wow. I did it once, and um, it was amazing, the amount that that thing will hold. 
Walter was asking what you paid for the wing. I don't remember. Okay. No, it's uh, just uh, I've looked it up, and yes, the forty-two uh, will suit the weight of my aircraft. So, um, th does that have risers, riser adjustment, and all that? Yeah, it has. Uh, so it has um, um, the uh, man. I'm just drawing blanks today. You do have. Tip steering, you do have your brake toggles, you do have your trimmers. So it does have all of that. And I, uh, the second flight, I let the trimmers all the way out and let that thing speed up and it's quick. 46 miles an hour, right? Yeah, she I said 46 that. miles an hour I was going. Oh, wow. That airspeed or ground speed? That would be ground speed on what she was reading. I wonder how fast that would be with about. 600 pounds on it my lord yeah. i i have no idea and it was it was light winds that day so yeah. now she was reading this off of a um driving app a driving app now i you know and i i think it's pretty accurate because it's reading my gps where my phone is and it might have been when i dropped my phone that she was reading that number <laughs> So, but uh, no, it was uh, definitely, it, you could, it was, it was going. I think your internet's dropping in and out, Eric. Um, we hear pieces and parts of you. And now you're frozen. All right. Well, how is it? Uh, how is it tomorrow in Upside Down, Walter? Uh, it's cooling down, so uh, for you, I suppose I'll send you some warmth. You're coming into summer now, so yeah. rain first day it means yeah. tornado. What's that, John? I said that means tornado for us. Tornadoes, yeah. Ditto tornado. Well, um, I tell you what, if you guys want to chat for a little bit, um, um, let's go ahead and kill the live streams. We'll chat for a minute or so and say goodnight. Does that sound good, guys? Sure. All right, Sounds so, good. So uh, we have Walter from Australia on here. We thank you very much for jumping on and hanging out with us on uh, the after show. We also got Nick that's hung, hung out with us. Appreciate you, buddy. John Wayne's jumped on and hung out with us. Flying from Mingle Jade. Uh, she's helped us out today um, with, our, with our guest. Uh, Colin Hubbard, and we definitely appreciate you. You got a show coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. Your husband's on Tuesday, and you're on Wednesday, unless you're frozen and can't say anything, which I think you're frozen because it looks like you're frozen. Yep, you're frozen. Um, so on uh, tomorrow is PPG Lear, L E A R dot com. There's going to be a podcast at 7 p.m. Um, and then on Wednesday is the All Girl Podcast with ParamotorGirl.com. Um, we got Linda. Paramom USA and her son does a podcast on Thursday. Tell us about that. Paraglidingtalk.com on Thursday night. Y'all come out, hang out in the chat room. Love to have you there. We always have a great time. And uh, yeah, Thursday nights rock. There you go. Thursday nights rock. And we also got Will Fly from willflyppg.com. What's yeah. up? Thank you very much. Hey. 
now with us and helping us uh, tonight with our guest. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and how we can watch your crazy shenanigans and your awesome videos. Yeah, you can find me at willflyppg.com or just type in willfly on YouTube. You can also find me on tomorrow night's hangout show, Tuesday nights. Awesome. Hangouts. Well, guys, I uh, definitely appreciate you all for listening to PPG Grandpa's Promoter Podcast on your favorite podcasting app, including Amazon Music, Audible, and you can even go to Amazon.com, search for us, and you'll see our podcast. Amazing. Um, and uh, watching us every Monday night on ClearProptv.com. And listening to us on our own little thing that we have, uh, paratalk.org, if you just want to listen to us. Uh, thank you so much. We love you guys. Yeah. Uh, about paramotors, and um, I, I, I just can't wait till next Monday because this is great. Who do we have for next Monday, Linda? Who's we have our Jane Sutherland. No. The optimist. Yeah. Charlie Soap Guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Good deal. a good one. Hopefully we can get some Charlie soaps. I'm super excited. Super, <laughs> super. Me too. And thank you guys very much. You guys here on the panel don't go anywhere. We're just going to be cutting the live stream and the audio. And we'll chat a little bit privately. If you guys want to chat privately with us, I'll drop our um, our link in the chat one more time. All you got to do is click that link. And it'll open up your Zoom. You can hang out with us for a couple of minutes um, and not being recorded and not being live streamed because some people don't. I don't mind. That's why I got the show. All right. Y'all have a great evening and we'll see you tomorrow at PPG Lear. Paramotor and on Thursday at paraglidingtalk.com. That's right. Good night. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>